The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good morning and welcome to another midweek, a hump day edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX FM, where yours truly, Neville James. It is a gorgeous day in paradise. It really is. And it was nippy this morning, man. When I got in the car, you know what I'm saying? I saw 74. I was like, yo. Dang that. So I talk him about. But I know before I even got in the car, I saw the do. You know what I'm saying? I'm at the wind sheet. I mean, you know, I see the night draw. I said, uh huh. We're getting there. It's wintertime, baby. <laughs> Tropical winter. Janelle, the legend that is Janelle, uh, tell us about uh, not wanting a white Christmas with plenty of snow. Just give me a. A bright Christmas with steel band and calypso, you know what I'm saying? Yo, it's the 20th. You know what I mean? Five more days until Christmas. I mean, I just had Kyle Fleming up in this joint on December the 1st. Three Fridays ago. And here we are. You know what I'm saying? And we done looking at Christmas come Monday, but it's all good. You know what I'm saying? So, good. Uh, Professor Anare. Gonna be joining us in a little bit uh, from uh, uh, UVI. Uh, we're gonna have a discussion with the Association of Black Journalists and the UVI Voice 2.0 newspaper. Not gonna be our number one, and then uh, I believe um, uh, Esther Ellis is gonna be joining us in our number two uh, from uh, the Department of Health uh, to uh, give us some uh, guidance and. Uh, you know, things to to do and look out for as we congregate uh, during the season because that gonna happen. That's just the nature of this, the nature of the the, the Christmas season, uh, and then you know ours is compounded with the Christian Christmas uh, fiesta festival uh, taking place uh, here on the territory with the village opening. I believe the twenty ninth. Is what Mr. Turnbull said uh, uh, last week. But events gonna start from the 26th. Um, uh, so by the 29th, we got to go. Yesterday was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Colorado uh, State Supreme Court, um, in a four to three vote of its uh, state judges or justices, um, Disqualified Donald Trump from being on the ballot. Uh, so tomorrow, <clears throat> uh, we we gonna do the Bush tea tomorrow, and uh, that gonna give us some time to uh, process the fallout uh, in the aftermath. Uh, a lot of speculating going on. The the Trump camp has stated uh, we're gonna um, appeal to the Supreme Court. Uh, and uh, we're looking at a reversal. Some people saying it's going to be nine to nothing because uh, the three uh, justices who 
dissented. They, they, they didn't dissent on merit. They dissented on procedure. No matter what some are saying, he, you know, he wasn't convicted. He didn't, you know, get due process and all that stuff. However, right, one of the things uh, about uh, studying what takes place in the legal world is reading um, the letter of the law, intent, and all that stuff, right? I want the arguments that were used for those who um, sought uh, uh, relief from the court in terms of disqualifying him because they believed that he played a part um, in the insurrection, right? Or the events of January 6, 2021 uh, at the Capitol building. Um, they they claim that uh, uh, he um, violated um, pursuant to violated law pursuant to the Constitution. And uh, I believe it's uh, Fourth Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment, um, and according to the Fourteenth Amendment, you know, if you engage in an insurrection, um, you're disqualified from serving in any office. So there are those who are saying, "Well, he wasn't convicted." Well, the the Constitution does not say convicted. It says engaged as in involved in, you know what I'm saying? So we, you know, listening to all of the different, uh, you know, perspectives, and uh, we'll see uh, how how it works. What had happened was a lower court had previously ruled that uh, Trump's actions on January 6, 2021, um, amounted to insurrection, but stopped short of disqualifying him, saying that Section, section 3, Right of uh, the 14th Amendment does not apply to presidents claiming that he's not an officer. Colorado Supreme Court um, obviously viewed that differently and folks had anticipated that the Supreme Court was going to view um, the office of the presidency, you know, and what what Trump was for four years as an officer. So it's going to be interesting. They've stated, in other words, on, they stated until January 4th because the ballots got to be ready for January 5th because their primary is in March. And the reason why you have that 60-day, I believe, in uh, in Colorado is because it's not only about having the, the ballots ready for early voting and all that stuff, but you have military people overseas and all that stuff. You got to mail out ballots. So that's the reason why you have uh, that window, right? Now, as for the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, you know, people complaining about how it's tilted with um, six, quote-unquote, conservative members and all that. And uh, according to Reuters, they say it's not clear how the Supreme Court would rule, but it is dominated by a conservative majority that includes three Trump appointees, some of whom are longtime skeptics of giving courts powers that are clearly based in legislation. One of the issues with one of those conservative judges, though, his name is Neil Gorash, Right? And I believe um, Miss Anna really calling in or looking to call in, so uh, see if we uh, uh, look out for the calls, engineer. Uh, Neil Gorish was 
a member of the 10th Circuit, right, Court of Appeals, and there was a case out in Colorado, Hassan versus Colorado, where Colorado said that Hassan um, can't be on the ballot because he wasn't born. Uh, I think he wanted to run for president, and they told him, Yo, you can't run. You weren't born in America, which is a, a requirement. Same reason why Schwarzenegger, as governor of California, couldn't run for president. And uh, the, the district court in Colorado you know, ruled that he was ineligible. And current Supreme Court Justice Gorush, who was then on the 10th Circuit, affirmed the Colorado's denial of him being eligible to run for president. And now he is on the Supreme Court. So they're speculating as to, so wait a minute, is he going to go against himself in effect with respect to how you view the Hassan v. Colorado case? Uh, and now this one with um, Mr. Trouble Tree, Donald Trump himself. So he's going to be good. You know, it's a good civics lesson. I know Donald Cole loving this. You know, so we we gonna we gonna I, I, I gonna reach out to my guy Dwayne Henry for some bush tea uh, tomorrow, and I gonna see if I could bring in a couple others as well, so we can have some fun, uh, right? And and what, what I'm listening to says same reason why people in the VI, people born in the VI, can't ever be president. That's right. You know what I'm saying so. You know I like in this. That's right. I go reach out to Judge Vaughn Hodge to find out his perspective. On this one. Now, there are some Democrats who are saying, well, you know, I'd prefer to beat Trump at the ballot, you know, which is the sweetest victory in the political world, right? But if Trump did something to put his eligibility in question, right, then it's like that. You know, the end of Democrats' fault or the Colorado State uh, Supreme Court fault that Donald Trump was at the ellipse. And, and, and telling his supporters, now go down there and fight like hell. And that resulted in a breach of the Capitol building. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's, it, it's going to be good, right? And then, of course, the day before, uh, Mark Meadows, who is part of the Fannie Willis trial in Georgia, um, the Georgia, uh, uh, I think it was the 11th Circuit, rejected his wanting to remove the case from state court to federal court for two reasons. Number one, he is not currently a, a federal a, a officer, a, a federal officer. And number two, on the merits, they can't do it. So it's been a rough week for that side, but we'll see what happens. Okay, yeah, so I pull up this thing here, right? Abdul Karim Hassan versus the state of Colorado and Scott Gessler. And before Circuit Judge Gorush, Brorby, and Holmes. And it's a good read. And uh, he's a, uh, Mr. Hassan uh, was a, was a, um, brought the lawsuit asserting that the natural born citizen requirement and its enforcement through state law barring his access to the ballot violates citizenship, privileges, and immunities and equal protection clauses of the 14th Amendment. This is interesting. Yeah, when I, I, when I read this last night, and also Anil Gorash, you know, was part of that, right? And he entered it. He, matter of fact, he actually entered the opinion for the 10th Circuit. So <laughs> the focus is going to be at Justice Gorash, 
between now uh, and then, uh, and you know, what we need now is is good journalism, good reporting, um, sticking to the facts, uh, which is what we do here, uh, and analyze this. You know what I mean? So uh, uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, hold on, let me send a text message here to uh, Professor uh, Anari. Uh, and to let her know to call one number, one line to call whenever she's uh, ready. Okay. One more thing too that I didn't mention for my Monday, we got some new members uh, on the PSC, and they had a meeting last week. So I'm gonna try to reach out to to them, um, because they took up some actions um, as well. Oh, here's the deal. I forget to tell her. All right. Remember, remember yesterday. Um, we had on um, Liberty, right? Because they didn't want to connect VI, and um, they said one of the hold the hold up for some of the uh, work that they are doing. Uh, DPNR is not a, a part of um, their problem right now. Their issue is with WAPA and with Public Works. Well, I haven't heard back from Public Works, but I heard from from WAPA. Uh, Kyle Fleming is um, the chairman of the WAPA governing board. So I said, good morning, director. Liberty is saying that WAPA is holding up the permitting process for the Connect VI project. Check this out for me and my audience. And, you know, the dude is nice. He can't help himself. You know what I'm saying? He's just cool like that. He said, um, I reached out. Hey, Neville, I reached out. It appears that there is issue on the right of use to add lines to the polls. There is a legal back and forth, not a permitting from my understanding. So it's a legal issue, right? So uh, hopefully uh, cooler heads can prevail. Uh, the Connect VI uh, project that Liberty is undertaking, um, they need access. 15% of what they're doing is aerial, which means they got to get up on pools. Another 85% is underground. That's the public works aspect. So, uh, you know, we had a great conversation with Liberty yesterday. I also want everybody to know that, you know, the, the, their infancy after buying out AT&T uh, cell service here uh, hasn't gone well. But it is what it is. And, uh, you know, so that's what we do. We did the information business uh, and, and not the melee. You know what I'm saying? So I went straight to the source and WAPA's uh, to take from the chairman of the governing board is that's a legal issue, not a permitting issue. Right of use. With respect to the WAPA polls, is is what they're dealing with, okay. <clears throat> but going back to the to the Trump thing, you know this this dude, he's the best. As soon as they went after, he apparently he was making an appearance in Iowa, and he never mentioned what the Colorado Supreme Court did while he was in Iowa. But as soon as he done, he went online and tell them, "Look, man, they're coming after me. I need that money." You know what I'm saying? Support the campaign. Yo, that dude good, yeah. He, good. he can't help himself at all. You check? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> like I said, I'm, I'm looking over the um the Hassan uh, situation, you know? Um, according to, to um the Tenth Circuit, right? They claim... um. Okay, Hassan apparently wanted to run for president, right? And he was denied uh, in 
New Hampshire as well, right? And the magistrate judge granted summary judgment, <clears throat> right, to the defendants, and Mr. Hassan appealed, right? So apparently, the, uh, you know, there, there, there rules. There's criteria. That's the term. There are criteria that you have to meet, right? It's like, and the, and the examples they use is like, suppose a lot of people want. Um, Barack Obama to be president again. The laws don't allow that. You only get to serve two terms. They're saying like back in the day when FDR served three terms, you know, and died uh, in the, at the, I think at the start of his fourth term or the start of his third term. Let me say, yeah, the start of his fourth term because he served three terms, right? Um, the criteria is what it is. Check. So we're gonna we gonna we we're gonna enjoy this one. You know doubt about that. And check. And uh <clears throat> uh and we're gonna keep an eye on, on Justice Gorush. You know, he may just uh take the position Oh, there's one more um potential. The Supreme Court may not even take it up. They might just be of the belief that this is a state issue. It's not a national issue. Now, the reason why a lot of people believe that the Supreme Court is obligated to take it up is because um, you can't have uh, candidates eligible on balance in, in certain states and disqualified in others. Why not? I mean, why not? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like uh, needing to, to, to get X amount of signatures or whatever uh, if you're running a nationwide campaign, right? If you get all the signatures in 49 states or whatever it is, and you don't get uh, all the signatures in Wyoming, then you fail to meet the criteria to be on the ballot in Wyoming. So you got to do your thing in the other 49. So I don't know, I don't buy into this thing, well, you know, this is chaos and all that stuff. No, no, because three other states have rejected um, disqualifying Trump uh, on the ballot. Some say it's a primary issue, some say it's a state issue and all that stuff. So it's really gonna get good come the early part of January. Uh, when the clock strike 2024 and we know we're in a presidential election year. We're going to take a break, come back. We'll get uh, uh, Professor Honoré on the line right after this. Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. With so much going on, it can be hard to keep up with who's doing what and why. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, letting you know whether it's news from across the country and the world or a deep conversation about a novel, movie, or music, we got you. Grab your coffee or your earbuds and tune in to Weekend Edition from NPR News. Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.
Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Sometimes you need a moment to just step back, relax, and listen to your favorite song. I'm Raina Duris, and on the next World Cafe, maybe I can help you find something new to love, or maybe remind you of something you've been missing. There's so much music out there to enjoy, so take a moment, take a breath, and tune in to World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're joined on the line by um, Professor Sharon Honore uh, from uh, UVI. Uh, she's with the Association of Black Students. Uh, well, she's a professor at UVI, but uh, she's going to be a part of this discussion, Association of Black Journalists. Uh, and two students should be joining us. So, uh, Glenn, when I was telling you um, about the second, set, uh, second hour, we actually had to hook it up for the first hour. So, uh, good morning, uh, Professor Honore. Good morning. Got a problem there? We got to work on that. Uh, so um, yeah, be, uh, apparently two students are going to be joining us as well uh, for this discussion. So uh, hopefully we can work that out. Uh, Professor Honore, are you on the line? Good morning. I hear nothing. We got to work on that. Uh, uh, hopefully uh, she's, uh, she's still on the line. Uh, but uh, looking forward to, to talking uh, with UVI Voice, uh, a 2.0 newspaper. And uh, I had a, uh, <clears throat> the pleasure of uh, uh, talking uh, uh, at a summit that they held in November of 2022. Uh, and it's good to see that uh, UVI is embracing uh, journalism uh, like, they, like they should. Uh, Professor Honoré, are you on the line? Looks like she may have gone, so uh, hopefully we can uh, call her back. Uh, I guess in the meantime, set up Lisa uh, one time, and then uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll work uh, that out. So, um, I already getting questions. Uh, uh, that uh, listeners don't let me know that um, they sending me some questions for hour number two uh, as well. And when we get uh, the Department of Health uh, on the 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 headphone them um, for for this one, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> let we let we free these up uh, uh, right now, and uh, while they work on getting the 
the students upstairs. Uh, don't forget uh, the news feed, right? The WTJX news feed um, every afternoon uh, at 5 p.m. Uh, with uh, Marcelina Ventura Douglas here on WTJX FM uh, 93.1 to uh, help us stay on top of the local news scene. And it's right here on your NPR station uh, in the Virgin Islands. And then uh, beginning on um, Saturday night. No, Friday into Saturday, right? Um, we got the Cruisian Christmas uh, for this serenade, right? It's a two-night thing. Um, this year, we're reversing what we normally do. We normally start, uh, we normally do our west run and then our east run. This year, we're going to do our east run first Friday into Saturday. And then uh, the west route, Saturday into Sunday. Okay, right? So, for the morning, uh, on the 23rd, which is Saturday, right? We're doing east. And uh, then for the morning, Sunday, we're doing west. And uh, I think we're going to have um, some of the folks on who are uh, going to let us know uh, where the stops are and the different families that play a big part uh, in making this event a success. So, um, Looking forward to that, man. You know, we're getting close to Christmas when you're here, uh, Serenade. Um, I don't know if the professor's on the line. She's not on the line. No, no she's not on the line. Um, I ain't seen us. Are we on the air now? Because I ain't seen my voice um, bunks in there on the um, on the uh, thing. But, but we good? Okay, good. So, uh, I was told I got two students downstairs. I ain't seen them yet. But um, <clears throat> I don't know if y'all noticed it. It's been pretty obvious. You know, we've been embracing you know, everything about the University of Virgin Islands uh, within, over the last couple of weeks. And uh, that's because um, it is our highest institution of learning here in the Virgin Islands. And we got to embrace it. And... Uh, had a wonderful conversation with uh, President Hall uh, last week, Wednesday, and and I was ecstatic uh, to hear him, you know, embrace um, our, you know, pet peeve of wanting our libraries uh, to play an even greater role um, here in the Virgin Islands. Than it's playing right now. Of course, we're going through recovery. And um, when we had uh, Commissioner Oriel on, he told us that uh, um, contractors were in place and they're doing work. So um, that's good news. Um, but I'm telling you, once we reestablish how important the library is and get our students to have a greater appreciation for our libraries because, um, you know, our cell phones have been serving as de facto libraries for the last 20, 25 years. Uh, I'd say more so the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, social media, Google, all that stuff, you get everything you want. And the libraries have, you know, you know been a casualty, just being very honest. 
and um, by extension, us as people have lost as well because the libraries serve a very, very uh, uh, important role in in getting us to not only be educated, but there's a discipline uh, component uh, to the library as well. So <clears throat> hearing um, President Hall, you know, support, you know, our wanting the libraries to be more a part of our fabric uh, was very, very uh, pleasing to the ear, and uh, we're looking uh, forward uh, to that. So I'm seeing the door open and the, the students looking to come in, morning, one on the couch and one over there in the corner. Uh, how many students we got? Two or three? Two? Morning. Oh, how are you? Just one student. And we're good. You can sit, sit over. Get more comfortable over there. Yeah, yeah, let's get more comfortable then. Put on some headphones. Put on them headphones there. And uh, I think we're good. We're going to be good uh, to go. So, there we go. So, <clears throat> make sure I get this right. Get my, get my document. Pull the microphone a little closer, young lady. Uh, introduce yourself to the audience. Hello, good morning. My name is Kira Edwards, and I am the current president of the UVI ABJ. That is the University of the Virgin Islands Association of Black Journalists. I'm really excited to be here today. And we're excited to have you. Um, happy holidays. Thank you. Same to you. Where are you from originally? I am actually from Dominica. Yeah? Yes. What part of Dominica? Um, Goodwill. Goodwill? I never heard that one before. I hear about Roseau and Portsmouth and... Dodan and all that. Right, but, right. But, so. Goodwill is actually in Roseau North, so technically I'm from Roseau. Roseau North. Yes. Okay, good. Glad to have you here. Uh, Kira? Yes, Kira. Kira. Last name again? Edwards. Edwards, okay. Glad to have you, Kira. And young lady, good morning. How are you? Good, I'm good morning. How are you? You good? <laughs> Sharon Honore. Sharon Honore. Yes. Okay, good. Tell us about yourself, Miss Honore. Wait, Louisiana? Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. <laughs> Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Um, yeah. yeah. How long have you been in territory? Uh, about six years. Six years? Mm -hmm. Like it here? I love it here. I can I cannot think of another state that I would want to move to. So I would you, stay here forever in so, the territory. So six years I'm doing the math. You, you brought the hurricanes or you came after the hurricanes? I came I was here a year. And yeah. then they happened. And okay. So being from Louisiana, I was familiar with hurricanes. Yeah. I just wasn't familiar with the aftermath. Um, right, 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 right. So you've been here for seven years. You came here in 16? Yeah, 16. So seven years. Mm -hmm. okay. Seven years, yeah. Okay. So you suffered with us, so you know what time it is. Mm -hmm. okay. Definitely. Okay, good. So um, tell me about UVI's stewardship as it relates to the Association of Black Journalists. UVI. Oh, okay, UVI. When I came here, we have a communication department. But um, when I was brought here, was to kind of beef up the journalism area. Mm -hmm. And um, so what's, your, what's the background? My, uh, I have a, two masters in African, uh, one in uh, communications, one in African American world studies. Pull, pull the microphone a little closer. So oh, you can one in African American. No, pull it to you. you. You can sit back. Just pull it oh, towards you. And, okay, sure. And then. Uh, and I have that um, masters from a uh, PhD from the University of Iowa in Iowa City. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What's it like out there this time of year, man? It's cold, isn't it? 
it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. But actually, when I was there, it was one of the most diverse places I had ever lived. Seriously? It really was. It had um, so many countries represented. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and it, it was people from everywhere. And you, you did, you did your undergrad and master's where at? At Southern University. At Southern University. Oh, that's what you said yesterday. What you called? Yeah, correct. Where, that's where I'm from originally. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Right. And and New Orleans is uh, um that's how you pronounce it right? New Orleans, right? <laughs> like, that New Orleans, New Orleans, right? New Orleans, yeah. New Orleans is a is a is a hotbed for um, universities. You got a lot of universities in New Orleans, right? You got yeah. Uh, UNO. Mm-hmm. You got Loyola. Right. Right. Southern. Right, right, and any 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 other big Tulane, 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 right. yeah, yeah. yeah so now, I I think I saw where UVI displayed Suno last week. Okay, uh-huh. okay. I think it was a part of a tournament. Okay, and uh, they won the first game. They think they lost the second game. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, the diversity exists in New Orleans as well, right? Uh, maybe not as much as where not you went to much, Iowa City. Yeah, but. yeah, it's not as much. Um, Louisiana, yeah, something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still a lot of. Uh, Racist situations going on down there, but it you know it, it's getting there. No one else is deep south. Deep, deep. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Miss um, Edwards, good morning once again. Um, tell us about tell us about the Association of Black Journalists and how you ascended to the presidency. Okay, so the the UVI ABJ, we are the first and only NABJ affiliated chapter in the Caribbean. It was founded in 2019. They're about BICOM students, communication students. Mm-hmm. And really what we're about is promoting activities and service learning opportunities for aspiring journalists, especially black journalists. That's really the... Um, vision and mission of NABJ. So we continue that vision here in the Caribbean at UVI. Okay. 2019, sir? Yes. And and how, uh, you, you got there when? Um, I started UVI in 2022 and I joined the club at, from Dr. Honoris. Um, <laughs> she was very persistent in recruiting me and I joined it. I helped plan the various activities. We had the journalism summit as well as the Film Festival, mm-hmm. yes, the Caribbean Cinematic film, film Festival. I was on various committees helping, and I guess she saw my um, initiative and my drive and my interest in the club. So from that, we had an election, and she encouraged me to participate. And, you know, I came out on top, and I got the president position. So that's how I am here today. That's, um, the summit was in November of 2022. Um, yes, we had a summit back in 2022, and then recently we had our journalism summit that was in November. Mm-hmm. Michael right. Bell, Michael Bell had invited me. Yes, to be a part of that uh, yeah, last year. Yeah, we had year. tried to stalk you. Yeah, and call and yeah, call, but you think yeah, you're off yeah, island, yeah. you're busy, and you have But you came last year. So I came last year. And you'll so be coming next year. I gotta, <laughs> make, I gotta make up for it. I, I could do it every other year right. thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and Kira actually was um, went with Michael and two other students to the Jackson. Jackson State? Yes, we went to the um, original NABJ conference and then later on they went to nationals. Mm -hmm. Kira, you graduated from high school in Dominica or here? In Dominica. Yeah? Yes. (laughs) Tell tell us about... uh, uh, So so you speak Patois? No, I don't, unfortunately. No, no, no. It is not to be unfortunate. It it is what it is. (laughs) But there are those in Dominica who speak English and could speak Patois. Yes. Right? Right? Now, what's it like being in Dominica and hearing 
fellow Dominican speaking Patois and you can't understand what it's what saying. It, it's a tad embarrassing <laughs> because everyone expects you to eventually pick up the language yeah. from just hearing your um, parents speaking and yeah. listening in, but yeah. I wasn't one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I know some terms were like, Mwele um, Moshe, which is, uh, I'm hungry, right? Or I want to eat. I want to eat. It could be. And right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not only that, there's different ways of pronouncing, yes, right? Yes. Some say it some one way and some say it another way, right? Yes. It's like a dialect. Uh, with that, yeah, yeah. So, because um, we here, Miss Anne, we have, uh, or excuse me, Professor Anne, mm. we, we in the Virgin Islands, um, being the melting pot that we are, um, a lot of um, Eastern Caribbean uh, island um Residents and, and natives, they work their way through the Virgin Islands. They either stay here or we're a conduit for them to move on uh, to the mainland. So um, we have a lot of people from St. Lucia, a lot of people from Dominica. Mm-hmm. And, of course, those are French islands or some French French and English. The real French islands are Martinique and, and Guadeloupe. And Guadeloupe, and Guadeloupe yes. right? Uh, and then Trinidad, Antigua. My mother's from Antigua, uh, Sinkis Nevis. So uh, it's interesting when, when you're hearing... Uh, folks from Dominica and uh, St. Lucia speaking that patois. <laughs> and, and, and it's broken French, right? That's, yes, that's what it is? Yes, right? Or oh, dialect, dialect French, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's good. So you got, well, you don't speak it, but for those who do, uh, they actually have another uh, dialect that, that they could speak. Uh, Professor Anwe, um, what's the biggest asset you believe um, for children or students, I'm sorry, students at UVI? being in the Virgin Islands and wanting to get into a life of journalism? Well, there's so many opportunities right now. Um, I know you can relate with me about the age part of when we were coming through school and what you had um, opportunities to do, what options you had. Now the field is wide open. Mm -hmm. As Kira said, I I badgered her to come into and be a a minor, get a minor in, I think she thought she wants to do accounting or finance or something like that, business. And I'm not discouraging that, of course, that's her major. But she was really so articulate in my class and she was so excited about doing things. And you teach her teach journalism or communication? I teach communication and journalism. And journalism. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So well, she took a course and I knew, I just noticed that she was just really, really good and she wasn't shy. She could speak her mind. She thought on her feet really quickly. Okay. You know, so, um, but there's so many opportunities at UVI in particular. Well, well, I've taught at other schools, but the study abroad program here is great. The interaction that they have with other yeah. schools is yeah. good. So mm-hmm. we'll take a break, come back, pick up the conversation right there. We got okay. um, Ms. Kira Edwards and Professor Sharon Anna Ray here in the studio. Be back right after this. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news designed for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. As the news gets more complex and changes through the day, you need more than just a quick headline check. Here and Now keeps you connected to your world between Morning Edition and All Things Considered as the news and the people shaping it are changing in real time. I'm Robin Young. Follow along on Here and Now, 
NPR News weekday afternoons. From 2 to 4 on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening, I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. Back here, I analyze this, and uh, we got the president, Madam President of the Association of uh, Black Journalists at UVA, Ms. Kira Edwards, and uh, Professor Sharon Honore, uh, professor at uh, UVA teaching ju- communications to include journalism and, and other um, uh, media means. Um, tell me about UVA Voice. Um, Okay, GBI Voice 2.0. 2.0? We kind of called it 2.0. Uh, when I came, uh, the newspaper was kind of dormant at that point. They, they have, over the years, I guess, they've run it and um, then it stopped and it ran again. So we picked it up again and now it's online, which makes it easier as mm-hmm. far as uh, overhead. And we have students from all, that we encourage students of all different disciplines to write articles. And um, we've started, uh, we have different categories. We actually have a category now, international. And we have one of our students is from the Palestine. From Palestine. So he's written several articles wow. for us. Yeah, about mm-hmm. his experiences there. And, uh, and Kira actually has some, some pieces on that area. She's done, she was the um, foreign correspondent, was it? Um, it was a program with Howard University called um, HBCU Africa Correspondence Corp. So we wrote a lot of articles related to Africa and um, spreading positive messages about the continent and what's actually going on in the continent. Mm-hmm. I really focused more on media and um, the entertainment industry over there and how they were expanding that particular industry. Okay. So talk about um, content Um when somebody might want to post something, but it has to conform to what I want UV, what UVI Voice 2.0 to reflect. So talk about that aspect, editing and editing. And well, we do have a team. They're not paid. It's volunteer based. Mm-hmm. But I still think, even if it's volunteer based, it's a good opportunity for you to expand your skills and to learn new skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have that team. We do have. They're all students. So if someone wants to write something in the UVI Voice, they just contact the editor with their story. They go over what is written in the piece and they have that one-on-one and they know certain things you cannot post. It is a school-affiliated um, paper, so you still have to be not 
still have to be respectful of different audiences. You never know who might see mm-hmm. the um, particular piece. So they go over that with the um, editor. And then once they get the green light, it's posted. And you can always share on social media. And anyone who wants to read can read. Kira, how old are you? How old am I? Yeah. I'm 20. My birthday was actually on Monday. Oh, happy, oh, uh, happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Because you have a, a very... Uh, Expansive vocabulary for 20 years old. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I, I do like, try. I, I, no, no, I like that. I, I wish I spoke that well when I was 20 <laughs> years old. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I like that. Um, as the the steward, what, what, what's it like um, not only um, educating, but uh, seeing the children mature uh, from day to day, week to week, month to month? Uh, our young people, I keep yeah, saying children, right. but young people and our elders as well. Right, and yeah. actually, by, by me kind of telling, adults, my, telling my age now, but when I started teaching, uh, working with students and college students in journalism and communication, I had a lot of students that wanted to work for CNN or work for NBC. Now I have students that want to own, own CNN. Yeah. They, they, they want their own CNN. Yeah. You know, and I love that, that they, this entrepreneurial spirit, that they can do anything, that they can you know accomplish anything. And I, I've taught at... Um, uh, white institutions also, and the difference I've found a lot of times is that our students, our students, meaning um, children, people of color, students of color, generally, I believe you can teach educational techniques, you know, you can teach, but you can't really teach self-esteem, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's something that, that comes from home family. So I've found a lot of students of color come with that self-esteem, that they, you know, you can't stop them, they go, oh, I can do this, and that that's great. You can always teach the mechanics, the, the, grammar, mm-hmm. the grammar part, so uh, the, the biggest changes I've seen over the years is, again, the spirit, where they really think that, you know, independently they can work it out and, and that's good you know with some guidance you know it's, it's really good so that's the what institutions you taught at taught at iowa university of iowa, university of iowa. And i taught at alabama state university okay prairie view prairie view mm-hmm. that's in uh, texas in texas yeah. prairie view, texas right outside of houston mm-hmm. and uh southern university of course in baton rouge ba- baton rouge mm-hmm. yeah, baton rouge. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how far is baton, ba- baton rouge from new orleans it's about driving maybe an hour, maybe 45 minutes, so... Inland? Mm-hmm, right. Okay. But if you, like, doing, doing, the, doing the evacuation after that, after Katrina, mm-hmm. one of my cousins came, and I think it took her, like, eight hours you, to get you, there. You, you were where at, at the time Katrina hit in 2005? I was, at, I was teaching at Southern. You were teaching at Southern, mm-hmm. so you were home. Yeah, and I actually had a lot of students that were displaced. Wow. You know? And have you seen a lot of them you've never seen again you've never seen again actually that's what I love about social media right Facebook I have I'm connected with a lot of them that Mm -hmm. uh, yeah that that, that will write something and the the city of Houston served as basically a, a displacement location right they did and Baton Rouge too Okay, Baton Rouge, yeah. Came in Baton Rouge, right? and, okay. and like I said, Houston, they moved down. Yeah. Now, now, New Orleans is in a basin, right? Mm-hmm. And the levees and all that stuff broke. That's what happened, right? The infrastructure yeah, didn't that's hold, what, that's didn't what hold up. Because the day of the, um, you know, there was a storm, right, of course, a mm-hmm. hurricane. And the next day, you know, whenever, it was, like, beautiful, you know, outside. And, yeah. And all, all yeah, of a sudden, that, it's yeah. like, there's this, I'm like, how could it break? It's a beautiful day, but the levees were what... But they have many, many theories about it. That, yeah. You know that they they, they intentionally I, I, broke some. I, as someone who um who been through the aftermath of Katrina, have they reached out to you? Uh, have you offered yourself to, to the to the to the people of the Virgin Islands to give the to give us some guidance? Because you've been through <laughs> Katrina. I mean, Katrina was bad. Yeah, it was really. Just, Katrina was really 
yeah. uh, bad. Like I said, the biggest thing here was, to me, was the um, aftermath, trying to get everything, because mm -hmm. of it. I didn't think. And you were here on St. Croix? I was here on St. So that's Maria. So, so you, yeah, Maria. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I wasn't... Uh, well, I wasn't familiar with how long it was going to take to have so many things, we, you know, infrastructure mm -hmm. put in place, which I thought was unfair. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So, so Kira, um, you got here in 2022? Yes. Are you been through storms in, 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 in uh, Dominica? Yes, we will. Hurricane Maria. Hurricane Maria. Yes, it was devastating. You know that. You know that. Whenever a hurricane, typically whenever a hurricane hit Dominica, it hit the Virgin. It hit Saint yes. Croix or the Virgin Islands. <laughs> uh, for some reason, the, the 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 north, the north northwest. Yes. Right. Um, movement. Typical movement. Mm -hmm. Now this year, a lot of things were actually going um, due west, mm -hmm. or they were veering off to the north and not even hitting the islands. All right. So, um, as a child uh, growing up um, and experiencing. Um, the the hurricanes, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that we learned with the pandemic now, right? And Stacy Plaskett, our delegate to Congress, she was my very first guest uh, when we launched on April 27, 2020. She said, never one of the reasons why we've done relatively well in dealing with the pandemic is because we've gone through the trauma of dealing with hurricanes. Yes. Right? What was it like in Dominica? When when uh you uh when when the pandemic hit and in in Dong Island like we just say, mm -hmm. ah, you shout out everybody. Nobody couldn't come in at all, right? Right, and it really, I mean, it wasn't our fault. We were trying to um to survive essentially because mm -hmm. it was very new to us having to be inside. A lot of people will, a lot of people will um couldn't go to work normally, and uh, a lot of things. It was it was bad. Honestly, it, it was the pandemic was bad. Hurricane Maria was worse, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but the pandemic, it was a shift, a culture shift, essentially. Um, with, the, with Dominica, it's very much a tight-knit community. Mm -hmm. You always have your backyard get-togethers. Every sun Sunday, Saturday, you meet with your, your family and your friends. And to be inside now, I think it did a lot a lot to us mentally. Mentally, yes. Yeah. So, so now, let's bring that to journalism. Now, mm -hmm. if if we were to look back, and you were looking um, at students and asking students, three four years you move from the initial phase of the pandemic because it kind of lasted like two and a half three years. Right. What would you be looking for as the president of journalism mm -hmm. and looking for content? What would you be looking for from fellow students in terms of? Articles and and perspectives. If we were to look, if we were to, if we were to do that for UVI Voice 2.0. All right, that's a great question. Well, that's why that's why you're on a great show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just it. Um, but in terms of perspective, I think I'd like to hear how they coped, and as well as what did they learn from it. What did they learn from having to change their whole lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I'd, I I would want to hear in a story if they had to do one. And and um, the no normal, right? No, right. Because we, we went from absolute freedom mm -hmm. to zombieville, less, that's my term, <laughs> right? right? And, and then now we're back to, to some semblancy of, of, of freedom again. Yes, exactly. So... Um, how did that even, that shift, what was it like? Mm -hmm. Did you feel different in terms of being 
completely isolated to now having that freedom was it was it weird or I'd, I'd want to hear that type of story as well okay good I got a question here from uh, one of my listeners um, hold on I tell, they text me a, a question so I got to tell them good morning back <laughs> right they said um, in an age when we have become adept at slapping political labels on just about everything in the universe especially given the propensity of social media. How does the university see the Virgin Islands as a political entity? How does UVI treat this journalism curriculum-wise? So let me start with you, Madam Professor. Um, given our uniqueness, um, we're detached, but we're still in American jurisdiction. The political landscape in America, very polarized right now. Our situation is the flip where people of color are the predominant ethnicity here um, and based on this question I want to repeat again how does UVI treat journalism curricula wise given the, uh, the Virgin Islands as a political entity well we have several courses that deal with um, uh, that, that deal with topics on a global level okay. so we have um, that's, oh, what, that's what you called me last week yes right so we want to do with national we also international you know yeah, yeah. Um, you said you have a student from Palestine right? yeah at yeah. Palestine and he, and he shares mm -hmm. you know his point of view with that uh, in fact yeah a student from the Philippines that's what I told that to um, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, President Howe when I went, went mm -hmm. to the summit okay there was a, a student from the Philippines who I was communicating with at the summit uh, online. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Huh? The student probably graduated oh, okay. by now. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So, okay. But, but go ahead. Right. But. So we have, um, uh, we, we teach, we try to bring topics that are not just local, regional, even national. We go beyond that. We try to have people think outside the box and be critical in their analysis of, of situations. And I think that is, well, having taught at other universities, I, I, I really find that encouraging at, at UVI. They have the autonomy to push, you know, beyond what they might just believe. Because like I explained to some of the students, I might have them one semester, maybe two, and if I'm really lucky, three mm -hmm. semesters. But I can't erase the ideology that their grandmother taught them or their mother has. And so the best I can do is, is to present the idea that, you know, there might be another way to look at this, you know, whatever the topic is. So let, let's look at maybe that, you know, it could be it, it, maybe there's another way. Not to do it way is wrong, but let's just look at another way. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the best we can do, in, as, and I serve as a facilitator more than regurgitating things back to me. You know, so mm -hmm. and that's what I, I'm thinking that UBI can offer or does offer, and it, and I think they do a pretty good job on all levels, but particularly communication. Now, and, I, I Kira, um, in the Caribbean politics is everything. Um, you were here last year for the gubernatorial election, right? Yes, I was. You were a freshman. Um, yes, I was a freshman at the time. Uh, uh, was politics, what you saw for that gubernatorial cycle, different from what you see down in, um, in, in Dominica? Skerritt? Skerritt is, uh, is the <laughs> yes. Prime Minister? <laughs> yes, he is the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister. So, so what's, what, what, what was the big difference between the politics here and the politics uh, in Dominica as you see it? Um, as I see it, I guess... Any similarities? First of all, let me ask that question. Similarities. Um, the rallies, for sure, um, yeah. the different promotional events, yeah. that, that is similar. But I feel as if back home, we take it a little bit to a higher level. It's more, it's more uh, 
emotionally driven in, yes, in Dominica? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um that's all you can hear on the news back home when it's an election cycle. Everyone is speaking about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas here you have to actually be in the right channels to hear about the um election the mm. election cycle. Yeah. Um I, I would and have liked I, to have I, got more. West, I got Westminster former government down there with parliament, right? Yes, we I have know, different I, ministers. Yeah, yeah, and, and I was a Republican former government where we have different branches of government. So. All right, that was interesting to see for me. You've yeah, never seen that one before, right? No. <laughs> right? It, wasn't it cool, though? Uh, yeah. When, when you look at it? Yeah, it and, You know, is. we got a legislative, mm-hmm. we got a legislative election special, right. separate and apart from mm-hmm. the gubernatorial election. And even though some people might be at the same party, it, it's different, so. Yes. Yeah, um, what we're going to do, right, because uh, we're going to hold you over until about 9, 10, if that's okay with you, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to get, uh, I'm going to text um, Department of Health to let them know that we're going to start that conversation at about 9, 15. Okay. Okay, uh, to make Thank up, uh, see if we can make up some more time, because I got a couple other questions um, that, that I want to ask you in terms of the vision and uh, UVI Voice uh, 2.0, um, what y'all want to do to to make it, uh, even better than what it is now, and uh, uh, I also want to, to talk about how you go about um, attracting more students uh, to understand the importance of journalism, and not only journalism, but making sure that uh, the news that uh, you're um, actually making public is accurate, because in this day and age, social yeah. media, a lot of inaccurate stuff get out there and people believe it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I want to talk about that as well. So what we're going to do is we'll take a break, come back, um, do a little bonus part of the conversation with um, the UVI uh, Voice 2.0, Don Professor Honoré and Madam President Edwards. And we'll be back right after this. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 